You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what to say to players after a loss or maybe a series of losses. Sometimes uh, coaches get stuck and aren't sure with the right approach uh, to dealing with players after losses. So today, we are going to dive in to this conversation. So stay tuned. Hi. I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 41 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How are you guys doing uh, today? Another Monday, another week. I'm excited to be able to hopefully drop some knowledge and share with you guys some things you can take away and apply to your gym right away. Um, but before we start, as always, welcome to listeners uh are you a new listener if you're a new listener welcome to the podcast uh, i'm coach brian singh i'm the host of the podcast and what took you so long i mean we're 41 episodes in but it's, it's all right it's all good uh thank you for showing up you got a lot of episodes to get caught up on uh i guarantee you they will be worth your while so take your time go through them binge listen to the previous 40 episodes uh and let me know what you think and for our regular listeners out there thank you again for tuning in really really uh you know what? I don't take it. I don't take it for granted that a lot of you, you know, tune in every Monday or rather during the week to listen to these episodes. I really appreciate it. Um, and you know what? This show has grown so much um, over the last. Uh, we're we're hitting about a year soon. I think June will make it a year. I, I want to say June. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback. The reviews um, have been really, really nice and incredible. And we've been able to grow this game even more through the podcast. So I appreciate. Everybody who's uh, you know continuing to tune in, listen, support the show, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I don't I don't take it lightly. I really don't. So today we have another episode where we're going to talk about. Now, actually, this question um, came to me. Uh, someone reached out on Instagram, and it was um, I actually had another episode planned for today, but this was a really good one. Uh, Colin Weber on on Instagram reached out, and he was uh, asking me. Um, he had a problem with his team. Uh, they lost, and you know, he, he said he said he thinks he's, he said the right things. But the question came about: What do you say to teams to your team when when you lost a game? You know, coaches. I'm sure many of you have been been in this position where you lose a game, whether it's a playoff game, whether you you, you finished, you know, you lost a tournament game or whatever the case is, and you may not know what the right thing to say at that time is, and it's tough. And I've been on the the end of that so many times, uh, and I want to I want to share some of some of my thoughts about this topic, and hopefully it can give you some ideas that you could take back to your team. Now it's a, it's a conversation we hope that we're not in a lot. Like let's be honest, we don't want to be in this position where we have to you know deliver uh, a post game talk after a loss. It, I mean it's gonna it happens obviously it's it's part of life, but we don't want to be on this end. Uh, you know consistently is, is kind of what I'm getting at. So I want to talk about before the game because a lot can be done before the game to create a better situation after the game, regardless of whether you win or lose. 
So before your match, you know, I've talked about this on the pod, I think, a couple of times where, you know, pregame is really important. When you have a game, I don't care if you're at a tournament, if you are a high school team and you're prepping for a, a match, if it's not tournament style, it's league play, whatever the case is. Game preparation is so important. And when we talk about game preparation, you know, just to kind of give you an idea. Now, if you've heard this already, I apologize, but it might be a good refresher. You know, for our college team, you know, let's say we have a game at eight o'clock. Well, if we have a game at eight o'clock, there's a lot that goes into that game. A lot that goes into that game. You know, the the coaches, uh, our assistant coaches do a great job of creating a scouting report for the team. And the team gets that scouting report, you know, more than 24 hours prior to the game. We have a practice before the game that is dedicated, you know, dedicated to uh, certain things that we're going to be seeing in a game that we talk about. We have a film session before the game. Now, this is all before game day, by the way. So this is pre-match. This is all before game day. Now, game day comes. So as game day approaches, you know, players have their own routines, uh, you know, they do their own thing. But let's say that we have an 8 o'clock start time, so 8 p.m. start time. Well, at 5.15, we're on the court doing serve and pass. So players are doing serving and passing, setters are getting setting touches, etc. We do that for about 30 to 45 minutes. After that, we go up, we do film. So again, this is the second time we're doing some pregame film as a team. Uh, we're kind of going over the, the matchups tonight, what to look for, tendencies for the other team, etc. After pregame film, players go get taped up in therapy and so forth. Coaches do a coach's debrief. Then at seven o'clock, we do pregame again with the players. You know, n- not not so much saying, not so much strategy, just more like a pep talk, if you want to call it that. And then the players go on the court. They do their warm up. Coaches stay back. We do a, a quick little debrief. We kind of just you know feel out the arena, feel out you know see look, take a look at the other players' uh, benches, seeing you know just just observing. Just kind of that's our moment to just sit back. Then we go on the court and we get ready to go. Uh, I mean, then it's warm up and so forth. Okay, so there's a lot that goes into pregame. Now, why am I talking about this? the The ideal is that you know during our pregame, what we do is we have game goals. So we have things that we want to get accomplished. You know, whether that's team goals for ourselves, like we want to pass a certain number, we want to have a certain side out percentage, we want to have a certain um, certain amount of aces or out of system balls on the other team, like whatever it is, we have pre-game goals. Now this is important because one of the things that is important for us is that after the game, if we lose, if we lose, chances are we've accomplished at least one of our pregame goals. There, there is. It's very rare that we don't accomplish one, and that's a, that's a positive. So no matter what happens when we lose, there are always positive things that we're going to be able to talk about. We're going to be able to say, "Well, listen, you know, tough loss or, what, or whatever the case is, but we were able to do this, this, and this, which is great." Unfortunately, we weren't able to do this, this, and this, and that that resulted in our loss. Okay, that's the first thing. So having a pregame goal is great because it allows us to be able to give tangible wins to our team, even though we lost the game. We still imp- we still you know accomplished certain things. So that's really good. 
One other thing you can talk to your teammate about, we, we are teammates, or, sorry, your team, and we do this um, every game, is what are goals that you can have that have absolutely nothing to do with the other team? Well, things like competing. We always want to go out there and compete for every single point, regardless. Now, every coach always says that, right? Compete for every point, play it like it's your last, etc. That's what it is. But what we want to do is make sure that we are not letting up, we are competing for every single opportunity. So if we can do that, then that's a win, right? That is something we accomplished. We competed. And there's nothing wrong with there's nothing, I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong if you lose and compete because that's, that's another conversation, but it's an expectation on our team that guys compete. We have it as a pregame goal regardless, but we want to make sure that we check that off at the end of the game, that we competed. And in the younger age group, this is a bit more tougher because you have to continue to reinforce it. You actually have to practice this. And this is something that's important for coaches to understand. You know, you play the way you practice. If your players aren't competing in practice, you know, for the duration of practice, then you're not going to see that in a game. People just don't, like, I know some, I know, if you're an athlete listening to this or a former athlete, you're going to say, yeah, but I can turn it on in a game. And you know what, for the most part, that's true. Players can turn it on in a game, but if they were to compete and turn it on in practice, and then when they went to turn it on in a game, I guarantee you their performance will be better because I've seen it. So yes, their performance could be better in a game versus practice, but it would be even better if they did it in practice. So competing is a, is a, is a check mark. So let me just walk you through a couple of things that like, so let's say we lost a game, you know, unfortunately it was a tough loss, whatever, whether it's a playoff game or whether it's a, a really close set or whatever the case is. You know, one of the things we talk about at the very beginning is, listen, Guess what we did do right? We passed a 2.0 or a 2.3, whatever it is. We competed. And I remind my guys, I'm like, listen, your coaching staff and myself appreciate the level of competition that we saw tonight. That was amazing. And I'm happy to be able to coach a group of guys that are willing to compete for every single point. Like that is phenomenal. And we remind them of that. And we start off with that. We start off with that, okay? Uh, I, I don't want to kind of deviate from this, but I want to, I want to really mention this early before I forget. It's really, really important. If your team competes, if your team is trying, which last time I checked nine out of 10, nine out of 10 times when teams are playing, they're trying. Okay. Do not yell at them after a game or talk down to them. Don't do that or punish them for losing. You know, I, and I've seen it a ton of times where teams are running suicides because they lost, or teams are being punished physically, like suicides for things they did. You know, that doesn't do anything, okay? Suicides, and I am actually, I actually, I'm, I'm for suicides. I, I'm, I'm a little old school in, in the suicide thing. I believe that suicides are part of the game, but not in terms of like punishment. It's more in terms of refocusing. So we strategize our suicides like, you know, if we don't, if, if we see that the, the competition is, you know, losing in practice a little bit, or we say, okay, guys, if that happens again, we're on the line and they do it. Yes, it's a consequence. Sure. But we don't yell at them. We're like, we're better than this. 
Let's get let's get warmed up. Let's get refocused. And the suicide allows them to yes, it's yes, it's a form of, you know, fatigue, but it gets them to refocus. It gets them to get that little break and they're running. And again, the reason it's called a suicide is no one likes to do it. No one likes to run in theory. Um so when they do that, yes, they may not like it, but it refocuses them. So we we channel it in a different way. But you can't attack them. You can't talk down to them. You can't yell at them. Because listen, last time I checked, no player is trying to lose. And as coaches, we have to control our emotions and keep it separate. I mean, it's really hard to... You're, you're emotionally invested in the game. I get that. I get that. But so are your players. So are your players. Now, I know some coaches are thinking this. I know some coaches think this. What if my players gave up? What if my players aren't competing? Okay, that's a problem. It 100% is a problem. But you yelling at them and attacking their character is not going to solve it. So if you have players that aren't competing and gave up in a game and that resulted in a loss, that is a culture problem. And I need you to look at yourself first because you're the face of that culture. As, and I, and I, that, I might get coaches really mad about this, and I'm sorry if I am, but it's a truth. Your players and team is a reflection of you. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys realize that, but you look at any professional sport, any professional sport, okay? Listen, when teams are doing bad, who gets fired first? Who gets the blame? The coach gets the blame. We get all the blame. It doesn't matter. We get the blame, and it always, it always is that. That's the way it is, okay? We get the blame, and we're the first ones to go. So it's a reflection of you. So you don't want to attack them. What we do is you got to choose the language carefully. If you were not competing, let's just say, for example, it was competition, that you weren't competing out there, you kind of gave up. What are, do we yell? We yell, but we don't yell at them. We ask them, do you want to be a championship team? And everyone, no, if, if someone says no, they should get kicked off the team right away. Like, that's just not a play you want to have on your team. If, do you want to be a champ? Yes, I want to be a championship team. Well, what we did there is not what championship teams do. If you want to be a championship team, competing is, is uh, well, how about I say it? Competing is automatically supposed to be instilled in your blood. That is what you are supposed to do. You're not, you're, you are competing. Uh, competing is something that is a non-negotiable and is not even factored into the gameplay. Because we already expect it. Just like we expect you to show up on the court, well, we expect you to compete. And if you don't want to do that, then you need to reevaluate your your role on this team and your role as a player. Now, here's the thing. We're not attacking them. We're comparing and contrasting. We're having them identify who they are and what they want to be. And in a way that can hopefully motivate them if they want to be a championship team and a championship player, which I think most players do. So when you see that your team is not competing or they're giving up or whatever it is that's just not you don't tolerate that nonsense and i agree you don't tolerate that nonsense you have to make sure you formulate it in a way that encourages and not criticizes encourage never criticize i know i've talked about this on the podcast before encourage never criticize okay so that's important again Post game, let's now let's say say for example, I, I kind of gave you the, the other end of the stick. Let's say they competed, you know, and we just lost. They're a better team, or it was a close game, and you just lost that one. That's fine. After you talked about the the game goals, after you've talked about what you have accomplished, always start with what you accomplished first. If you want to set, you you want to set. You earned something. That's great. All right. 
And then after you talked about what you did do well, then you can go into the improvements and things to focus on for next time. And one thing I do want to also let you know is post game, players are tired, they're exhausted. The, the, amount, the amount of information they're going to retain isn't a lot. So you have to keep that in mind. You don't want to give them too much information. So when we talk about the things that we do wrong, we want to focus on the big picture items, you know, and, and it could be as simple as maybe two or three things tops, no more than that. And then we re and then we're going to work on them in practice and so forth. So then you let them know, you know, unfortunately our error rate was this, or we, we, we had this many serving errors or we had that and that hurt us in the second set, which resulted in that loss. And then, you know, they, like you can give them tangible things like that. No problem. And then that way we can be like, but listen, and here's one thing that um, we, we changed the language in our gym from losing. There's no such thing as losing in our gym, but there's learning. Okay. Learning. That's what we, we've tr- changed the language. So what can we learn from this game? Because when you win, you know, there's not much you can learn from a win. Yeah, sure. You can learn things from a win, but you can learn a lot more from losing. So losing is, you know, that's the way I look at anything in life when it comes to losing. Losing is an opportunity to learn, and we want to make sure we continue doing that. And then we talk about the opportunity that we had tonight. Well, we, we, well, we lost, but we, what, did we, what did we learn? And as a group, we talk about what we learned. And then before you know it, that's your pregame talk. I have my assistant coaches chime in if they want to. And then we kind of take it from there and we're like, listen, next practice, we're going to focus on this. We're going to be there. And then... And then the last thing before you let them go is you always encourage them. You always say, listen, guys, you guys are a great group or whatever you want to say. Now, this is personal. This is you. I don't want to tell you what to say because it's not it's not me. It's you. You have to. This is you as a coach. This is your opportunity to tell them exactly what's going on. And, you, and I, I'll, I'll tell you what I say, but, you know, you got to say what you want to say. And it's really simple as in, you know, we are a great team. You guys work extremely hard in practice. You guys deserve to win. And I want to help you get there. I want to help you along with your coaches. We want to help you continue to win and get better because you deserve it. You work hard. You're a great group of guys. You wouldn't be on this team if you weren't. And I want what's best for you guys. And I want you guys to experience that feeling of victory. And we're going to do this together. You guys ready to go? Boom. And that's it. Like Something like that, you know? Something like that. I always give them a, a nice little, you always want to show that you care. I always finish off by showing them that I have their back no matter what happens. Win or lose, I have your backs as a coach. And, I, and I, if players want to talk to me one-on-one, no problem. And if they want me to go over something with them, no problem. But I have their backs. So that's that's the type of, you know, I don't want to call it losing uh, how to approach a loss after a game and stuff like that, but that's kind of where you want to be with this. The The last thing I'll say, I don't know if there's a last thing I'll say, but I feel like I always say this. This is the last thing I'll say. But one-on-ones, one-on-ones are really important. Um, anytime you feel like you lost a game and a player is not in the right mindset or a, or a bunch of players for that matter, you need to have one-on-ones right away. Either a conversation with them on the phone or bring them in the next day or before the next practice, have a one-on-one say, hey, listen, how, how you doing, man? You okay? Um, I noticed uh, it was a, you, had, you know, the tough loss might have affected you a bit more. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, how can I support you? And how can I help you? Let's, let's talk about that. And you'll be surprised how far that goes. Listen, you have you know 10 players, 12 players, we have 17 players. It's really important that you have these one-on-ones, especially after a loss. And you should always be connecting with your players one-on-one. Don't, 
sometimes as coaches and it's happened to me in the past we can get lost because we have so many athletes it's hard to be able to get to every athlete and talk and but you have to do what you can you got to do whatever you can in your control to be able to you know have that relationship with every single athlete and the one-on-ones after losses can be important to do that especially if you notice that someone had a tough night and they didn't take it well or if you just want to you know i always reach out to certain players and say listen you played amazing tonight keep it up even if it was a loss encourage them you know one thing i'll tell you i'll tell you uh, a little uh, a little story but so many of you know um i had the privilege of coaching dating kofi Gemma, uh you know three-time all-american at ucla he's now uh a, he's now a really great artist talented artist and he's growing every day as we speak um so danon i want to say 18u this might have been 18u Danon, uh, one day I was I was on him for something in a game, and he's like, "You know something, Coach? You never ever tell me anything nice. You always focus on what I do wrong." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, that's so true. I never, I never told him in club, you know, up until 18U that all the great things he did. I always talked about the things that I always like would tell. Him, oh, Danon, you got to you know improve here, or I gave him feedback to to be better. And I was so upset at myself because he is one of the greatest volleyball players in the nation." And I just assumed that, you know, he knows that I think he's great. He knows that I thought he was he's the best. Everybody knows he's the best player. But I never told him that. And I, and it, it really hurt me. And, ever, and it was a learning opportunity for me. Because ever since then, I made sure that I, I had, I told my best players how great they were. Not to boost their ego, but just to make sure that they know that I, I know the work they're putting in. And ever since then, I told Dana after every game, I was like, Dana, uh, I like. I, I told him specific things like I liked what you did this. I like what you did this. You led our team. You did great, blah, blah, And I made sure that. And he didn't even need the. He didn't need it. He was already a confident kid. He didn't need me to say it to him. He would have still performed amazing no matter what. But it, it, it was in frustration they told me that. But it was true. And I apologized profusely to this kid. I was like, I am so sorry, man. I, I, and I told him like how great he is and stuff like that. And he he knew like we me and Dana have a great relationship. But it, you got to tell your players, you know, even your good players, not even just your your players that are you know on the on the bottom end or who are improving. Your your star players, you need to tell them that you appreciate what they do and that and and give them specific things that you think they did well that game, and also obviously things they need to improve on. Yeah, you're not trying to just boost their ego. So I hope. You know, in this episode, I gave you things to think about um, when it when it comes to what to say after a loss. Uh, you know, you want to make sure you you have your pregame goals so that you can focus on the win. Those goals, whether whether you accomplish those goals, you can focus on them after the game, and that's what you start off with. Okay, competing is a is one of those things where you can always put that in as a goal because that's an expectation. The other team has no control over whether or not um, you competed or not. Even like serving too, the, the other team doesn't have too much of a control over serving. But I mean, the the environment does. Like the fact that you're in a game, the crowd, that stuff can have an effect on that. But competing, it doesn't. Uh, you know, reminding. Uh, well, one thing you can also do too. Um, Sorry, I did say that was my last thing, but it's not anymore. Uh, I talked about there is no losing, but learning. Encourage, never criticize. You know, you got to show that you care. Um, I, I always like to add at the end of this, like re- remind them why they play this game. You know, if they're ever feeling down, I always like to, sometimes I throw it. I'm like, I'll, I'll call out a player. You know, I'll be like, Richard, why do you play this game? Right after a loss or something, and he, he'll tell me like, why I play this game because I love him. Like, yeah, you guys love this game, right? So win or lose, you love this game. We are playing a game right now, and you're playing at the highest level you could possibly play at besides going pro or Olympics. I mean, you get to play in front of a crowd. You get to play, you get an announcer, 
and you're playing at the highest level. It's 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 a great feeling to be able to step on that floor and compete. And that's why you love doing it, right? Win or lose, you love doing it. I mean, of course you love to win. That's why you're an athlete. You want to win. But reminding them why they play this game is always a great way to go about it because um, it just lets them think about why they play this game and why they love this game so much. So, uh, you know, there's a couple ideas for you. And then the last thing I'll say, this is actually the last thing I'll say, is film. Film is really good to have after a loss. Obviously, that's a no-brainer, but I have to add it in there. Film is great, you know, especially after a loss where you can regroup and stuff like that. Um, and that's really about it. Honestly, I hope I hope you could take some of these strategies with you. Um, maybe one day I'll... Um, I'll film like a, a post game or something, or I'll record myself in a post game so you can see raw. Well, if you, if you, well, I can tell you one thing. If you're a member of Digital Volleyball Academy coaches, you're gonna get that regardless because my members are gonna get that. Um, you're gonna get to see everything actually. If you're a Digital Volleyball Academy member, you're gonna get access to me behind the scenes for what we do in our college gym and at the games and all. Once once we were allowed back in the gym because of COVID, uh, NCAA, you guys are super lucky that you get to compete and you have your protocols in place. We unfortunately in Canada uh, are a little nervous of opening up, which I mean, I, I get it. Better safe than sorry. Uh, but DVA members, you're gonna get access to all my stuff. If you're not a DVA member, um, I may give a little snippet of you know what it sounds like behind the scenes. Maybe we'll see. I might just leave that for my DVA members. We'll see. But if you are a coach and you like what you heard today, or you're interested in joining Digital Volleyball Academy, um, just head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and join the waitlist. So when we open doors. Uh, you'll be the first to get notified when we come in and um, not just getting behind the scenes to our, our practices like DVA so much more than that like we do live training you get access to all my resources all my tutorial videos on all the skills and positions in our game and you get access to an amazing community of coaches um, so you got a really good mentorship program in there for me I get to help mentor you no matter where you are help you grow as a coach and really help you affect the lives of your players we're in the business of changing lives and I absolutely love it so that's it for me Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you can take some of these strategies and skills with you to your gym. Hopefully, you don't have to use it too much and you guys are winning instead of losing. But, you know, sometimes it is what it is. All right. Thanks for joining me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.